It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to be reviewing the AEW Dynamite St. Patrick's Day Slam. Mm. 317. Mm. Yes. And with this show, we're just going to get right into the main event because... We would be remiss if we didn't. Let's be honest. Everything on the show pales in comparison to this match. After it was over, I couldn't even remember anything else that happened on the show. And now a few days later, I'm having a hard time remembering anything other than that match. Good thing we take such uh, precise notes. Oh shit, I can Not. barely even read mine. <laughs> but yeah, so we have a lights out match. Yes, we second have ever. Second ever. First one with the ladies, we have Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. And... This is just so goddamn phenomenal. And it's been a few days, so I've been thinking about it for a few days. Like, after the match is over, I almost cried. When I saw Thunder Rosa talking to Shivani about it, I almost cried. And when I saw Britt Baker and her get standing ovations backstage, I almost cried. And I was like, why am I so emotional about this? This is strange. And I think it's just because, you know, when you grow up, a female wrestling fan, especially I grew up in the time of fucking brawn panty matches, where the people you see on there that represent you are just seen as accessories. And like when I was growing up, it was Lita. Like, who was your favorite when you were growing up? From the women's division? I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I don't know if I did Holy have one. Holy shit. See, that, that's a problem. And I just remember, like, whenever Lita would do stuff, you would always, like, even as a kid, you just, like, had this idea that, like, oh, man, you would love to see what you, she could do if they just let her do her thing. And uh, I guess when they announced this match, I was just worried that, like, they would be held back and not be able to be as vicious as the men because you don't want to offend anyone's sensibilities and 20 years of wwe being the only game in town really has conditioned you to think that's what was going to happen because mm -hmm. i mean look at what they did with hell in the cell they completely devalued that entire match type but then when they threw the women in it was the same deal it was oh it's just going to be a normal match but in a cell yeah you know you never would have had you know two women going at it like undertaker mcfoley King of the Ring. Yeah. Um, this wasn't that, though. And, yeah, I just want to say I'm so excited. It's just so exciting as a female wrestling fan to see this. And uh, I'm just so excited for them. And I hope this really means, like, something big for the women's division at AEW now. And, yes, I'm just a massive Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa fan now. <laughs> And, I mean, should we talk about the match a little bit? Yeah, but uh, real quick, I just want to say, you know, I hear you say you're a female wrestling fan, but have you paid Brandy Rhodes your 50 bucks? <laughs> no, I refuse to be, you know, corralled into a certain area in order to speak my mind. I'm just saying, I don't know how you can consider yourself a female wrestling fan if you haven't <laughs> given her her vig. <laughs> so, uh... I need to get the shirt. I do want to say real quick, and, and I don't want to dump too much, and I have nothing bad to say about the actual match. I love how even during this 
goddamn balls out death match, we still had to have a little ad for heels run in the left. Yeah, corner. I mean, I wasn't surprised by it. it. I'm not surprised. It's a minor nitpick. It doesn't even really register, but it's like, God damn it, really? Mm-hmm. So. I just want to say one more thing about women's wrestling. Um, I just feel like just ever since I was a kid and watched it, you always just heard, like, you know, the women can't do this, they can't do that, they'll never be made of vendors. They should have their own show. They'll never be able to draw. And it's the same people who tell you that. They're the same people holding them back from doing what they want to do. It's like they keep them down and then tell you that they can't when they're the ones holding them down. And I'm just excited to see, like, Tony Khan let them go out there and fucking put on the match everybody wants to see. And I'm just so excited... And so happy for them. And let's be honest, the reason it hasn't happened uh, up to this point is because Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has done more to hold back women's wrestling mm-hmm. uh, than anyone in the history of the sport. I will say, you know, in WWE, like, it's fucking leaps and bounds from where it was 20 years ago. I'm not going to say, like, there aren't good women's divisions out there, but, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like this was a match that, like, decades from now, people will look back on and be like, you remember that fucking awesome Lights Out match? And they won't go, oh, remember that Lights Out match? That was that was a great women's match. It was great for women's wrestling. There won't be, like, the qualifiers. Yeah, there's no qualifiers. People here. will just look back on it and go, that was a great fucking match. And that's all I fucking want. Why do they have to be qualifiers? Can't we just all have good fucking matches and without I, the qualifiers? I just have to say, they they really had a ballsy move calling this a lights-out match. Because it's literally the second time they've done it in the promotion. They didn't even call that barbed wire death match a lights-out match. That was a sanctioned match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's pressure there. Yeah, if this was a dud... My it would have been a huge dud. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but nothing dud about this. So if you want to just get into the match. killed it. I mean, okay, so we got Britt and Thunder Rosa out there. We got Reba. She's got her crutch out there as a weapon. Um, Really, the blood starts flowing when Thunder Rosa gets her head stomped into yes. the stairs. She comes up bleeding. Uh, at one point, Britt suplexes her off the top into a pile of chairs. And then we get some blood from Britt when... I'm not sure if it's when she got her face knocked into the ladder or when the ladder was kicked into her face. But she comes up crimson mask. A dentist should know better than to take those spots. (laughs) Well, she could fix it. Thunder Rosa does a Death Valley driver to Britt on a ladder. I mean... There's just so many great spots in this. And then, they pull out my favorite hardcore match weapon, thumbtacks. I'm sorry, nothing gets me excited in a hardcore match like thumbtacks. I just, it's so entertaining. <laughs> at one point before that, like right before the tacks come out, doesn't Brit like chair stomp Thunder Rosa? Yes. Like, yes, like she does. first? <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, she does. And there's a table set up that was set up at the beginning of the match, ringside, that Reba set up. She ends up going through it. Um, Britt gets powerbombed onto the tax. Then later on, she gets Thunder Rosa in the lockjaw, but she's able to counter it, pushes Britt back onto the tax. And then finally, the fucking coup de gras, the Thunder Driver, off the apron... Is it through a table? Who knows? There was so much to keep track of. I can't remember if it was a table or a ladder. I want to say it was a table, because I wrote table. But yeah, Thunder Rosa gets the pin. Everybody's bloody. Thunder Rosa comes up. You can tell she's already fucking emotional. She says later in an interview with Shivani, she wanted to come to AEW to put women's wrestling on the match. God damn it, you fucking did it. I'm so proud of Britt Baker. I just, like... I could never picture Britt Baker in a match with, like, an intentional crimson mask. No. And... And I just have so much respect for her. <laughs> I have respect for her, absolutely. I also hate her, and here's why I hate her. I hate it when people are good at everything. Oh, I know. What a bitch. Like, it's like, ooh, I'm in super <laughs> great shape, and I'm also a doctor. I'm a dentist, and also... Look what I can do in the wrestling ring. It's like, God damn it. Why don't you just walk on water, you fucking... <laughs> Honestly, I'm ready for her to be champ. Yeah, I, that's coming. That's coming. for bad guy, Britt Baker, asshole, heel, champion. And if you had told me, again, a year ago, that I would want the second Lights Out match ever, not only to be in the women's division, but to have Britt Baker in it, I would have said you were fucking nuts. Yeah. And you would have been nuts at the time. But I really think it's interesting now how, you know, what, this is like, what, two years out? Mm-hmm. Two years out, all the shit at the beginning of AEW that I wanted off my TV, Dark Order, Adam Page, Britt Baker, stuff I couldn't care less about, I'm ready for that to all be at the top of the card. I know. Oh, so if you didn't see this match fix that. I don't know what's wrong with you. I think it's on YouTube. That's another thing. This was a goddamn pay-per-view main event caliber match that they fucking gave away on TNT. God. Oh my god, it was. Damn. Thank you. Britt, Thunderosa, Tony Khan, anyone who put this match together, you really fucking made my day. More than my day. You made my long time. You made my long time. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Definitely. What's wrong with it? So, I guess we have to talk about the rest of the show. All right. Back to the top. Um, you have a little shot of MJF's new group coming off a plane. Private plane. Uh, more of that later. Mm-hmm. First match of the night, we get uh, Penta versus Cody. Mm-hmm. Penta comes out with a little St. Patrick's Day hat. <laughs> I don't think he came out with that. He pulled it off someone in the crowd, mm. which is a great shot. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're right. Uh, my, my notes are incomplete. So. There's a nice spot where they pull out, like, the bike rack rail. Yeah, and Cody does, like, a tope suicida onto him on the rack. Yeah, and then Cody wins what with what I think is a lame roll-up. It was extremely lame. Cody... 
they told this whole story about how he they were he was going to break Cody's arm. Penta was going to break Cody's arm so hard that he couldn't hold his newborn kid. Mm. And then at the end, Penta does an arm snap on Cody. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So what does Cody fucking do? He no sells it. <laughs> he Triple H big times the arm snap <laughs> to get the roll up in the win. What the fuck? Yeah. The way you do that is you have the arm snap, you have Cody lose, he can come back after the birth is done to reignite the feud, and, yeah. and you can have this whole thing. But for this made no sense. It was fucking stupid. I feel like Penta doesn't come off looking very good. No. Is it supposed to like protect him that it's like a surprise roll up? I guess. I don't know. I was just I was really looking forward to this match and I fucking love Pentagon, one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah, I don't know what this was. After it was over, Penta keeps punching him in the shoulder. Dustin and the gun chuds run out. And here's my question. They run out, Penta runs out of the ring. There's four of them in the ring and just Penta outside. Why didn't they attack him? Who, Did you who think knows? that was weird? I'm just trying to like think of what makes sense because if someone's beating on your friend wouldn't you go after him i thought this whole fucking thing was weird but then qt fucking moseys his way out and everyone's mad at qt because he's not out there kissing cody's ass that's what i got from it because qt didn't bust his ass to get out there it's a shoot brother so was this whole thing like to push a feud between cody and Penn, or was this just to further the qt story either way it was fucking dumb Penta deserves way better than this horse shit. Um, why we're starting a QT feud on Dynamite. Oh, I do have this to say, though. I watched Elevation. And I had to say the best match on the show is QT versus Marco Stunt. That was a great... If you haven't seen that match, it's on YouTube. Check it out. It was good. It was really good. I feel like that was the first time I saw a QT match, and I was like, oh, okay, now I see what they mean by, like, him being such, like, a great wrestler. Now fix his character and get him out of the orbit of goddamn Cody Rhodes. I'm gonna say something mean. Do What? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm gonna say something mean. Some people just don't have the charisma. I'm sorry. And you can't, oh my god, I almost said you can't teach that. (laughs) Canceled. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Oh, but also, I'm not going to go into a whole Elevation thing, but I just want to say, real quick, Elevation, Shivani, and Paul White on commentary is fucking fantastic. And not to shit on Excalibur and Taz, because they do a great job too, but Shivani and Paul White together sounds like real sports commentary. And it gives the show this air of you don't want to miss it because you're missing important stuff if you if you don't watch it. Right. I don't know if anyone else out there understands what I'm saying or feels the same way. But Paul White's fucking fantastic on commentary. And he was sitting there the whole time with a goddamn smile on his face. And it was just adorable, and I'm so happy for Paul White. Good job, bud. You're killing it. Now, here's the thing. Oh, no, what? We've got to stop. Now that there are two supplemental shows, 
We've got to stop this two-plus-hour bullshit every week. These shows need to be, like, an hour max. Oh, dark and elevation? Yes. If you're going to have two shows, they both need to be, like, an hour max tops. I mean... It's too much. It's overexposure. I love wrestling, but I just can't watch hours and hours and hours a week. And I know the world has changed. I get that. I get the way wrestling is presented has changed. The way people consume it has changed. I understand that. But one of the things about, you know, the Attitude Era that I think people sometimes miss is that back in the Attitude Era, you watched the show. Maybe you watched SmackDown if you had UPN. I did. And and that was it. You know, okay, you could watch Sunday Night Heat if you didn't value it. It wasn't your... Raw two hours. Raw was two hours. That's right. So you would watch your show, see what happened on the show, and that was it. There wasn't the overexposure that maybe there is today. Maybe you watched Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But there wasn't like you 30... You probably did, but... There, there, there weren't 30 fucking podcasts where every mid-carder and every jobber gets an interview about... Ooh, jobber. That's such a mean word to use. I mean... Who wants to listen to Scorpio fucking Sky on a podcast? Oh my god. Do we have your new target for your bio? No, we've added a target. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I think that there's something to be said for that. Like, you know, t- too much content, believe it or not, can be a bad thing. Mm. Um, nobody, let me put it this way. Nobody would have wanted, you know, two hour long sit downs weekly with Stone Cold whack when he was in Stone Cold mode. You know what I mean? That would have ruined a character. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel I'm, like... I'm not sure. I'm going to have to think on that. I'm not I, say... That's a controversial thing you just said there. Is it? And I'm going to have to think on it. I'm, not... I'm not sure. You know, I'm not saying you're saying, oh, it's killing the business or anything like that or exposing it. I'm just saying it's like it's too much. It doesn't leave you wanting more. It leaves you saying, okay, more of this guy. I need to say after you watch Elevation and it's good and all. Then, like, Tuesday happens, and you see Dark on YouTube, and it's like, oh, two hours long. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck, okay. And all, two fucking hours. And all nothing matches. I mean, maybe some of the matches had some good spots, but you know who's going to win. I'm trying to think of what was on Dark. There was a good ten match from Dark Order. I can't remember what else happened on there. Oh, it's just too much for my... For my... I was going to say my smooth brain. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, should I insult myself that way? <laughs> you can insult yourself any way you want. All right, let's get to this damn show. All right. All right, then we have Marvez backstage with the Young Bucks. Callus rolls out. He says some funny shit about how they did nothing about the fact that their dad was attacked. He's got a no slapping your leg when kicking or something shirt. Hopefully that goes up in the shop. If, it's probably already up there. Um, you know, then they, they go back to that thing where, like, Callus was trying to sell that they kicked him in the head. They're getting back to that now. Yeah, I already done fucking moved on from that. And you... then, uh, here's something funny, though. They call him Uncle Creepy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Another shoot, brother. Yeah, he's fucking Uncle Creepy. Then Callus goes on this thing about, oh, I wish you would have attacked me because then you would have been those young bucks that I saw in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Look in the mirror. Are you really the same? Mm. It's like, okay. All right. That's where we're going with this. All right. Well, it was a thing. <laughs> it's it was a thing. It was a promo. Then we get a 
I mean, do you have anything more to say about that? Nope. Okay. All I wrote down was Uncle Creepy. Uncle Creepy. That, that was the important part That was me. inspired. I did appreciate <laughs> that. So then we get uh, Jade versus a jobber. Danny Jordan. Say her name. Damn, dude. That's fucking rude. Uh, another squash. Um, I, I At one point, I think uh, Jade might have actually done a botch where she dropped her on her neck, which looks kind of nasty. Here's the thing. I hesitate to say botch because I'm not a trained professional wrestler. But on TV, it looked uh, Yeah, I won't say botch, but I'll say it didn't look right She when she did a release German suplex. Danny goes flying, lands on the back of her head. It was concerning. Then I was like, I've seen Brock Lesnar do that like a thousand times, so I don't know, maybe that's normal. But it doesn't look right. Yeah, so hopefully she's alright. Um, yeah, and then... Um, that was what it was. She does her finisher, she wins, then Red Velvet's at ringside. Great. And so the Jade Red Velvet thing continues, I guess. Alright. <laughs> then we get... The introduction of the, the pinnacle. pinnacle. <laughs> We've got FTR, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Tolly. They all come out in suits. Tolly does that thing where he gives a full recap of everything that happened last week. I have written down Tolly gave a full on sports movie coach speech. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Then MJF does some mean girl jokes about fucking Jericho. I mean, it kind of works because Jericho's a chud in real life, but I mean, you know. Yeah, it's hard for me to like feel bad for him because I feel like he's done some questionable things this year. Very questionable. So now when I hear him get made fun of, I go, <laughs> yeah, good. Especially because you know it hurts him up in his ass even if he approves it. You know, a little <laughs> part of him is like, ooh. Probably. And then he has this one line that's really funny, though. He says, look at this lineup. You might not like it, but you have to look at it. I and sure I do. Thought, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, yep, I guess I fucking do. I wrote, this is really long. And then I also still have the same question I have last week. I don't understand, based on what I thought FTR's characters, what they were, I don't understand why they would want to be in a group with MJF. They're hypocritical. They're heels. I guess. Is that, like, enough? I mean, I guess that's enough of a reason. It just seems like... It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I feel like FTR would fucking hate MJF and want nothing to do with him. Because they know he's a snake. There's time for that storyline, you know? I mean... I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I still don't know what in the fuck Sean Spears is doing there. Oh, don't be mean to Sean why, Spears. Why is Sean Spears here? There's no one else we could have stuck in this group. There's no one else we could have put in this group. I don't even know who. Maybe assign someone. That's me, because I feel like Sean Spears is a nice guy. Okay, he's a nice guy, but I'm a nice guy. I'm not going on fucking national television. You're not a nice guy. Ooh. You're a mean boy. Mean. Nasty boy. <laughs> That's you. But still, I mean... I don't know. I, I just don't buy him as, you know, part of a supposed super group. I honestly don't buy the whole thing. I don't know. There's just something off about this to me. I can't quite put my finger on it yet. It just, there's something, it's not like clicking for me. Okay. Well, um, maybe am... as it goes on, it'll come together. But right now it just feels like a bunch of moving parts. 
that don't make sense together to me. Well, maybe uh, at the very least now they've got teams for when they eventually get crowds back and they do blood and guts. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun match to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And then next we have a match that leaves me with still more questions. We have our clusterfuck match of the night. They put this in the piss break slot. We have Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, and Matt Hardy versus Jurassic Express with Marco and Bear Country. I mean... Nice spot here where Bear Country flings Marco like a fucking projectile over the ropes. Yeah, there seemed to just be infighting between Jurassic Express and Bear Country going on. And I don't care about that. Like, I, I have no investment in that whatsoever. And then they're furthering the people getting pissed with Matt thing because Private Party does a gin and juice on Marco and then Matt wants tagged in. He does a twist of fate. And I just wrote down in here, where is everyone? Because I feel like at one point there's like no one around the ring and I'm like, where the hell is everybody? Yeah, I wrote this as a dud. Yeah, I mean, it was I a... dud. It, it, was a, it was a time filler. I mean, I like most of the people involved in this, but um, it was, you know, there's there's really nothing there. You know, there's nothing, there's no point to the match. So I guess this just furthers the idea of Private Party turning on Matt, and now Jurassic Express, and this is their way of bringing Bear Country up from dark. Um, And then also, the same question I had last week. Why the fuck would Butcher and the Blade want to not only work with Matt, but give them a third of their money. I still need a promo or something explaining this. Because, just like FTR, based on what I've seen from Butcher and the Blade, it makes absolutely no goddamn sense to me. Well, now that we've got, you know, the QT stuff popping back up, maybe it's the the long-term storytelling. Oh my god, you can't where, let that story go. Where Bunny has kept the bank details to QT's accounts, and that's what they're using to pay the Wii fee to Matt Hardy, and that's going to end up in a... That still doesn't explain why they'd want to pay Matt Hardy at all. Yeah, you got nothing, do you, bud? Absolutely, and they've got Somebody... nothing on this show with this angle. What was it on? It was on, like, BTE or something. They had a segment where Matt was smashing grapes in front of them. I don't know what was going on. Oh, saying these grapes are the Dark Order. And we're going to smash them. We're going to smash them. Okay. When's that going to happen? But then shouldn't Matt Hardy be paying the Butcher and the Blade? Two. Maybe they legitimately think he could be a good agent for them. Uh, that doesn't make any sense for the Butcher and the Blade. I don't know. I don't fuck... Can someone just give me, like, a fucking two-minute promo explaining this to me? I mean, I guess I move on, because honestly, I really don't give that much of a shit, and we spend a lot of time on this. Yeah, I'm done talking about it. So, let's continue. Let's move on to something good. Uh, mm. Mox and Eddie giving a promo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Eddie just ripping the shit out of everyone involved in the whole uh, Bullet Club angle. Mm-hmm. Mocking the concept of the impact zone and saying Gallows is googly-eyed. Oh, yeah. They were going after Gallows. And um, I, I think uh, Moxley uh, was, was reading your mind when, when he said, Nobody wants to look at Gallows that much. 
I like to look at him because I'm like, what am I looking at? That, that, <laughs> it's that, interesting. That big red zit of a head. Oh, that's me. Right oh, he does it on purpose. That's his. No, he makes so much mean, money dude. by being a big pimple of a man. <laughs> no, that's mean. I like that uh, Moxley has a line about wasting money on talking shopamania. <laughs> that was actually a fun show, though. And then Eddie Kingston does something that only fucking Eddie Kingston can get away with. What's that? He ends the promo by quoting 50 Cent and Tupac. <laughs> Who the fuck else could pull this off? If literally anybody else did this, you would go, fuck off. But Eddie Kingston does it, and you're like, fucking yeah, dude. He's allowed. Yeah. He can do it. Oh, my God. I've just been thinking about Eddie Kingston the past couple days, and just what a goddamn treasure he is. He, like, just to go on a short rant about Eddie Kingston and how he's a fucking once-in-a-generation talent, he has this personality that so few people have where he's somehow vulnerable and a tough guy at the same goddamn time, and nobody can pull that off except him. Yeah. I think Tony Khan knows what he has, but just in case he doesn't, God damn it, Tony Khan. <laughs> You've got a fucking treasure. Give him, that. give him any amount of money he wants because... Let the boy write his own check. This is something you're not going to find anywhere else. You, you're not going to find anybody else that can do this. You know what the ding means. What? <laughs> your time for your rant is up. <laughs> I was already done, dickhead. I was already fucking done. Yours mad because my fucking rants are good and yours are incoherent. I don't know about all that. Oh, uh, shit. Alright. Then next we have a backstage segment with Dasha interviewing Christian. He talks about how he's the workhorse <laughs> of professional wrestling. Anyone who works with him, he makes them better. And something else very interesting, he's only interested in the world heavyweight belt. That's the only position he's interested in in the company. And hell yeah, that should be what everyone says. That's the only correct answer about what... If you ask any wrestler, what the hell are you doing here? That should be the only answer anybody ever gives. I like Christian as a transitional feud for uh, for Kenny mm. before we get to... Uh... Hangman. Um, I don't know if they'll go straight to Hangman after Christian, but you're so set on that. We'll see if you're right. I'm. I'm not. I'm set on it because if it's anything but that, it's a major fuck up. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It's just you sound so sure about it. I just feel like that's like it. It just dictates common sense booking, which they seem to do pretty well here. We'll see. Mm. Maybe they've got a better idea. Like what? We'll see. And I just have to say, okay, so I don't like Christian's one-liner about outworking everyone. Oh, God, I know. I feel like it's generic and it's very Cody-like. But I thought this goddamn promo was fantastic. I take him seriously. I'm interested in what he's going to do. And I'm fucking glad he's in AEW. For a guy, when they announced his signing, I was like, oh, that's it? They've done a really good job of making me care now. Which is what you're supposed to do. I feel really...
really bad because I feel like when he showed up, a lot of people did have that response of so what. And it's sad because, like, the reason people feel that way is because... They overhyped it. No, not, no, that's not it. Because I feel like he's never been given really a chance to show what he can do. Like, WWE has never really pushed him in a way that made you feel he's important. And that's where most people know him from. Didn't he win one of the belts in, in WWE at one point? Yeah, but a lot of people did. Yeah. It was a dark period. <laughs> where any piece of trash off the street could get, no. a, get a gold it's watch It's not run. that bad. I mean, I say that, but look, The Miz was just the fucking t- champ. So, I mean, if you want to talk about any piece of shit off the street. Cleveland's own. Oh, God. Um... Yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like it's sad like when you put yourself out there and people think you're not that great because you've been booked as not anything special for as long as people can remember. But so far, I thought the promo was fucking great. And I'm excited to see what he does. Keep it rolling. I I feel like it was another good acquisition, honestly, by AEW. So then we get the uh, Mox Eddie versus the uh, Chiz Brothers. Yep. Um, they they jump Eddie right in the entrance. There's a pre-match brawl that breaks out. Um, at one point, there's a pretty nasty... Again, I'm going to use the term, it looked like a botch. Uh, a, a magic killer on Mox outside the ring that looked a little iffy. I want to say something before we get to that. When Mox eventually does get out there, he's all taped up. So they're really selling this idea that, like, he's fucked from what's been going on. He needs some time off. Yeah, he needs time off. But, yeah, that magic killer didn't look right. <laughs> um, Mox eventually wins with a roll-up on uh, on Anderson. Mm-hmm. They beat on Mox. Where the hell's Eddie? Oh, is it... He's, isn't he outside the ring getting his ass kicked or something? And yeah. Kenny's out there for the post-match beatdown. Uh, creepy Uncle Don. They come out with a chair. Um. They're about to crush Moxley's neck in the chair. They break, they like go for breaking Eddie's ankle in the chair. So like Eddie's out. Right. After they put his ankle in the chair. He can't move. He rolls out of the ring. They put Moxley's neck in it like they're going to break his neck. And who should come out come out for the save. Yes. And I, I thought this was great. Like. So they come out for the save, and then, like, Kenny and the Chiz brothers are all like, oh, it's cool, let's just do the fucking too sweet thing. Young but Bucks no. refuse to do it. Not this time. And then, so it looks like maybe they might fight in the ring, but Mox is back up, he chases them out. Starts swinging a chair around. Yeah, I honestly, I have to say, I feel like this is the coolest the Young Bucks have looked to be. Yeah. And I feel like... Possibly, we'll finally get something where the Young Bucks look good. I just feel like they haven't, for me personally, they haven't really had anything going on since AEW started that I've been, like, super invested in. And when Kenny won the belt and then brings in the Good Brothers, they're just, I mean, they've been just sitting around like jilted lovers for the past, you know, few months. Yeah, I feel like they always end up in a storyline that makes them look stupid or weak. Like, they're always being, like, stu- there's always stuff going on behind their backs. They just never 
end up looking cool at all. And I'm hoping we're finally going to get to something where the Young Bucks look cool. Because I feel like they deserve it. It's about time. So yeah, that was that. Um, next we get a uh, little Sting, Darby, Tony exchange. Um, Darby says he wants to be a fighting champ. Because he's only defended the the TNT belt three times since he won it. And he says he wants to honor the best TNT champion, fucking Brody Lee, by ch- by letting someone in the Dark Order challenge him. Love that. And who should come out? Lance Archer. Fucking Lance Archer rolls out with Jake the Snake. There's another the, little... He insults him with Indy-rific. Calls him Indy-rific. And says, if you like coughing so much, <laughs> I'm gonna put you in one. <laughs> Stop pressing I, that. I've used my I've used my three for the night. Oh my god. Everybody gets three. And then Jake the Snake. Oh boy. Tells Darby to put on his bun. His hot dog bun, because he's cause just a weenie. Oh my god, and actually this was so bad it was good for me because it was such a terrible, like, dad joke, and Darby rolls his eyes, and it's kind of like someone's dad telling it the stupid joke, and their son just being like, oh, fucking Christ. And it works for Jake the Snake, because he's just such a (laughs) sleazy old fucking... At this point, who's gonna question anything he does? Honestly, you're gonna question anything Jake the Snake says. No. Just fucking let it wash over you. Because <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Is that scary? A little bit. Is that a scary thing to I say? I don't, I don't think I like that. So then, they're interrupted again. The fucking theme of <laughs> Sting and Darby for the past three months. Anytime they go to say anything, there's interruptions. Here comes Team Taz. And Cage speaks. He takes the mic out of Taz's hand. And yeah, says, and Taz is like, what the fuck? Those, I respect you, Stinger Man. And says he disagrees with Ricky Starks. And says he's still an icon. And Team Taz is so mad. Whoa, Because whoa. he said something nice about Sting. Whoa. Taz says, you've been smoking dope? <laughs> <laughs> and Cage storms off. And I'm so glad that Cage got to talk and he did a good job. They Dang. never let Cage talk, ever. No. He's only allowed to say his one line. Who better? Who better? Than Cage. Ah. That's the only thing they ever let him say. And they actually get to talk. And it's good. And... Hopefully this yeah. leads into something where the FTW belt becomes something they actually challenge for. God, I hope so. Because that needs to happen. Uh, I feel like this is a like the opportunity to do that. And yeah, so I guess the Sting Darby thing continues. I don't know. We need something new for Sting. <laughs> Let's give Sting something to do, okay? All right. Then we have like a little segment with Scorpio Sky talking. Oh, I didn't even write anything about this. <laughs> All I wrote is in the segment, he's blaming other people because he's not the face of the company. And I just thought, oh, that makes you look good, bud. That doesn't make you look good as a baby face or a bad guy. <laughs> so... All apologies to Scorpio Sky, but he's a dud. Oh, 
Oh, no, that's too fucking me. Okay. He's not a fucking dud. He had, He just needs a character. He had a match with Darby Allen that sucked because Darby Allen couldn't do any of his cool shit because... Darby Scorp Allen did his cool shit. Yeah, yeah, Scorpio Sky can do all the stuff. I feel like his wrestling, he can do it. He then can do was, it all. Then what was that TNT title match? It was you didn't care about it. He dragged, but he I feel like even his ring work was just boring. I can't remember, honestly. Well, that shows a lot. But I honestly feel like it's more we're not invested than it's him not doing stuff. It's just he needs a character. Like we said last week, give, give him a character somebody. Somebody help him. Somebody help him. Because this ain't it. Then we have a a, a good match and a, and a death of a slot. Yeah, it's Phoenix and Angelico, and they're both entertaining to watch. All I wrote down was Phoenix wins. <laughs> All right, Phoenix wins. It was a good but, match. But, I mean, of course Phoenix is going to win because he's got shit going on. Then we get a, uh, a backstage segment where uh, Miro and Kip have a little bit of tension. Yeah, they Marvez is talking to them about whether they're gonna accept Chuck Taylor's arcade match thing, and Miro's not for it. He says he's ready to move on. He's got other shit to do. Kip wants to avenge his wife and his wedding. And his wedding. Kip says he didn't even really care about Penelope being out there. Yeah. And Miro's like, "You're right. When I'm out there and the ring, and and, and the bell rings, I don't care." Yeah, and basically he doesn't want to do the match, but Kip accepts it for the both of them anyway. So, teasing that split, thank God, maybe this angle will be done. Honestly, Miro needs to break off of this so he can go attempt to be something a main eventer. Anything. Anything but this. Anything but the wacky Twitch guy. Please, let's, let's, let's all move on. And then we find out in a glorious backstage celebration segment mm -hmm. next week. It's going to be the Meat Man, Johnny Hungy, versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Hell yeah. I'm ready for Meat Man. Meat, 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 meat. TNT title. TNT champion, Meat Man, Johnny Hungy. I'm ready for it. And then the last thing we see before the glorious Lights Out match is Whoa. a little backstage thing where... Pinnacle puts a plaque on Inner oh. Circle's locker room door that says Pinnacle. Great. So they're stealing their locker. Because that just can't easily be changed next week. Like listen, like, listen to the sounds when I say it. They're taking their locker room. I, I feel like that's just so uninterestingly petty. Doesn't Tony Khan own that building? Can't Tony Khan assign rooms like a... Don't pull with that thread. Okay. Tony Tony Khan is like fucking some people's idea of God. He does he doesn't want to intervene. He just lets it he just lets it happen. What like an absentee father? What? <laughs> A lot of that no. talk. What the fuck are you talking? Doesn't get involved in his kids' lives. You don't understand anything I say, do you? It's all fucking. <laughs> I say something, it goes in your ear, and then it swims around your smooth brain, oh, <laughs> but doesn't penetrate it. It is an ocean. <laughs> No, see that's like weird too. Oh shit balls. Okay. <laughs> Studs of the night. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Easy. Fucking easy. Goddamn studs. Duds of the night. The clusterfuck everyone involved in the clusterfuck match for me. 
or the duds of the night. What do you think? God, I'm trying to think about the rest of that show. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm going with that because I literally wrote on the paper dud. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. I I can make an argument for Sean Spears, but damn, leave him alone. What is he doing there? I mean, I don't know. He just needs he needs to find his niche because I've seen Sean Spears do awesome promos. Honestly, they always end up on dark. But I've seen him do awesome promos. Who's going to be in there He's next? He's a good wrestler. Cutler? Don't fucking haunt my nightmares like that. <laughs> Top of the card feud. Brandon Cutler. Oh, Dan, now you're just being mean to everybody. I'm just a nasty just... boy. <laughs> you are. Nobody likes you. Oh. Nobody likes you. If I didn't use my three nanny what's, you'd be hearing one right now. Because mm. that confuses me, that concept. All right. That was the show. Sure was. Uh, We'll be back next week. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And... That was Correct Opinions on Wrestling. Bye! Bye Bye-bye.